Today is Wednesday, May 6, 2020, and we're back for, I think, episode five. Uh, five episodes in here on the Sports Talk podcast. I am the host, uh, Adam Zucala. Welcome. Uh, today is kind of a, a downer day, as you could, you could say. Um, off of last podcast, I thought we were going to have news about the NHL's phases and you know, or, well, NHL's big memo and how they needed, like, a month to, and I thought they were going to have a big um, a big news uh, article ready to read here, and enough, none of that happened. I So this episode, I thought they would have at least something about the, the, the like, the, the draft lottery thing we talked about or the playoffs, or, but nothing. There was none of that. I checked. Nothing major came out. Uh, but hey, I said we're I said we're close to returning, and one league is returning. Now it's not North America, uh, it's actually European soccer. Uh, we're going to talk today about the Bundesliga, the German soccer league, as they're going to return here in late May. Uh, also on the show, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Steve Ballmer. Uh, Steve Ballmer, he bought the the form in LA. Uh, for four hundred million dollars, we are going to talk about that and what 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 their use of that is going to be, and if the Clippers are going to play there. Uh, we're going to even talk about. There's been some news about KD, uh, Kevin Durant, possibly returning for the NBA playoffs whenever they return. So we're going to talk about that and uh, what people have been saying. Uh, I have some quotes from different people. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, John Tory, Mayor John Tory of Toronto, has talked to. Uh, the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment Group and different teams in that, uh, and what 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 they're looking at for the, the possible returns, uh, and as well as our main topic today is going to be based off of hockey, uh, as we have uh, uh, TSN's Hockey Insiders uh, t- talk to James Duffy uh, from TSN about the board of uh, directors meeting that happened on Monday, and as well we have uh, uh, obviously. Being an Ottawa boy, you know you gotta. We, uh, I've I've watched the Sens for almost my entire life, and uh, TSN released today their all-time Sens team. So I'm gonna say what I agree with and what I don't agree with. Uh, so that's what we have in today's podcast. So let's th- start it up with some hockey news. All right. So once again for this podcast, we're gonna be starting off with some hockey news. Uh, so as I mentioned just in our intro there, uh, the NHL is hoping that they could start their phase two of this, you know, let the uh, rebuild of a year is if you want to call it or, or, uh, the phase two of, uh, returning basically of what you could, wh- whatever you want to call it, but they're mostly calling it phase two. They want to start in late May. This, they say phase two wants to start in late May. So uh, the information I got here is that uh, TSN's Hockey Insiders, uh, Darren Drager, Frank Servo, and Pierre Lebrun joined host uh, James Duffy on his podcast uh, to discuss uh, what went on for the Board of Governors meeting on Monday. I miss, I did not, I don't think I saw any news about this on Monday, so that's why I was not in the podcast. Uh, it, they talked about the latest timetable for this phase two of refund policies uh, for fans who have gotten tickets for the games they won't be able to attend. And so... What, what one of the questions that was asked was what came out of this board and governor's meeting. So the call was nearly two. Uh, there was a, nearly a two hour call on Monday for, which was the board of governor's meeting. Uh, so LeBron said an hour and 45 minutes of that call on Monday. Uh, and there was, it was, there was lots of ground covered. Uh, he said, obviously the draft was at the heart of it. No decision made yet was uh, as, as we reported, uh, the league was going to take at least the rest of the week, if not into next week, before announcing this is on whether or not to hold the June draft. So that's actually big news. So instead of waiting, so this is kind of a small little, you know, news of what we found about that memo that was sent out last weekend. But no decisions made yet. Uh, there are issues uh, to work through that uh, that were other elements of the sport call. Once again, the league's infectious disease consultant updated the governors on what he's hearing and what he's seeing, giving an idea of the view of the pandemic. What's happened on everyone's governor's call since the pause uh, 
NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman also addressed governors about the league's idea of going to a four-site centralized format turn, tournament if you want. So, and as we also talked about last podcast, that the 11th of 14 teams have put in bids to be one of those four sites. Uh, now, Bettman, this is what Pierre Villebrun said. Now, Bettman apparently told governors that I'm told that he was told, yes, the players have concerns, as Darren Drager talked about last week, on being a bubble for three months, as players uh, probably do not like that. Uh, and they're going to, and the, and the players and the league and the players association is going to try and see if they could have solutions for that. Perhaps uh, the players getting a break out of the bubble to go see their loved ones. That could be a solution. Uh, so lots of work. Uh, there's lots of work to do. And the return to play committee, which has players on it, uh, is meeting again for a fourth time with the NHL officials on uh, today. So basically they, 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 Obviously, that memo was sent out right, and we talked about the memo and and what could come out of that memo. Obviously, what we see now, no no decision has been made. So they're June fifth. It's now June sixth, right? So we were supposed to hear something yesterday. We didn't. So nothing. So no 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 uh, agreements on that memo came out because they needed an agreements for most of the teams. Uh, but they're mostly just. It's mostly just working towards. How can we keep our player safety the entire time? I think that's what was kind of coming out here, at least. So another question, what was what was the latest timetable for this phase two? Uh, Drager then took this, took this question and said, well, the NHL is hopeful that they'll be able to initiate phase two in later May. But that's all, subjects to rev- all, that's all subject to review, and it's too early to start the v- review process. The NHL, uh, though, is encouraged by, by, the, by the markets that are loosening up, but they are cautiously optimistic and monitoring carefully to see if there'll be any setbacks. The motto is simply better safe than sorry. Uh, phase two though, can't get really started until a large majority of the NHL teams are able to open up. And that means players coming back, but there's an interesting twist to all of that. Even though a majority of clubs may be able to open up unless they can open up at the same time or around the, hang on, I got my page around the same time. The NHL isn't going to allow players to go to the club facility again until the majority are able to do that. Hence my reasoning on, I think, last week's podcast when I did that rant about how I don't like how the NBA is allowing teams to open up, uh, you know, kind of just on their own. I liked how I liked how the NHL here is saying, listen, we're not going to open up until it's it's fair, technically, right? Once again, we don't want teams coming in having – two weeks of practice, three weeks of practice. Well, no team has been practicing for two months per se. I highly doubt that because they're going to be want, they're going to be want to like sharp. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get this. Let's get the season finished. Right. And fast. So we could kind of start up next year, you know, at a good time. So I like how they're saying we're not doing anything until majority of teams are allowed to do that. I don't know if it's based off a fair play rule, uh, but I do think that's a smart move. I've talked about that before on one of the previous podcasts. So then another question, which Frank Cervelli answered was what about refunds? And this is for the people that who have bought tickets for the season, but if they return, they're probably not going to have fans in the stands. So what does this mean? So Cervelli said at this point, the NHL is leaving it up to individual clubs to decide. What the point being is that clubs are currently working through a process to, to begin coming up with plans for fans to refund money. The large majority of teams would like to try and roll that money uh, from this season to next year's ticket plans. But certainly teams like the New Jersey Devils have come out, already begun uh, to offer refunds and incentives. Uh, if you renew your package next season or roll that money forward, they will be donating tickets to the frontline workers to use next season. Teams like the Philadelphia Flyers, you have to ask for a refund instead of a credit if you'd like. Uh, and the Canadian clubs, of course, are working towards their own process. Uh, the Oilers hope to f- formalize plan- their plans next week as they are dealing with uh, many as seven home dates that could be unpayable at this point. You start to realize that the revenue that the NHL and these teams are losing, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in gates, concessions, merchandise, parking for these games. And if they aren't played, certainly uh, uh, if they aren't played, certainly if they are played, that's not going to be, that's not going to be fans in the building. There, there's not going to be fans in the building and you'll understand how big of a pile of money is. So yes, I, 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 I don't think the league, the league really can't do anything. It's based on the teams, right? Uh, so I, I I do agree if it's based on the teams. I don't think the NH, the NHL can't really say, 
this is what we're, this is how we're going to refund the money. Like uh, for for an example, they talked about the Flyers and the Devils. Uh, they, you know, another option, another is the is the Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays have already off have already said if you want to refund your tickets, refund them now. And they they I think it was up to May thirty first you could refund your tickets. I had no tickets, so I didn't have to worry about that. But and yes, they're they're, they're saying these refunds if like they could they they could be losing one hundred millions of dollars and all that. Uh, I read I read today that this Disney Disney World released their second quarter, uh, and I was amazed by this uh, because I talked about I've been to Disney parks and I'm kind of I'm interested in all that. So I read that they've lost over a billion dollars and fifty eight percent I think over half it was over half I think I read fifty eight percent of it was fifty percent of it that was lost was from those theme parks not being able to operate, and I'm like holy cow so. That's what that's what they're losing just off of that. And now Disney's a big corporate company. Right? That's not you can't compare them to an NHL team, but that is just that is incredible for for what what it is, right? Uh, so yeah, I, I obviously if the fans if there's no fans in the rink, I think all teams should just have a refund policy. You know, create their own. Uh, but I like what the Flyers are doing. Uh, you could credit your ticket to, uh, or was it the Devils? I think it was the Devils, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the Devils. You could roll your your money towards uh, frontline workers, and I think that's that's really cool. That's kind of like just a little donation, right? You could donate uh, your ticket to a frontline worker, and I think I think that's fantastic. Uh, you know, a team that gives tickets away are the Dallas Mavericks. They they actually give tickets away for free, basically, to those people like to people like that, and that's why they've had that sellout record for so long. Is because they do that, and I and you know, it's more about the fan involvement than you know money, right? You got to, I mean, money's everything, right, for a sports team. But when you you really want fans, you got to have that fan involvement, and I that's why I like. So I feel like a lot of teams might actually do that too. Next year, like maybe not, maybe not if it's a refunded ticket. Next year, they're probably going to be giving out a lot of tickets away for three for free, sorry, to the frontline workers, and I like that. So that's that's what they that's what came out of the board of directors or board of governors meeting on Monday. Nothing big. Those stuff well still big, but it's nothing like what we expected, per se. Uh, so my other hockey news is this. Like I said, being an Ottawa boy, watched the sense my entire life. TSN uh, has been making these all-time teams for each NHL for each uh, Canadian team, and today was the Senators. Uh, time to, they, they, it's, it was their time to be uh, have their all time team. Now, my only problem, well, I have a bit of problems with this, but one of my problems with this all time team is that they also used players from the 1920s and 30s Ottawa Senators. I don't like that at all. Uh, listen, that we we all know, and there's arguments, and I agree with. The arguments that Ottawa, the modern age Ottawa Senators, is not the same as the 20s Ottawa Senators. There's no way a team can just go on a hiatus for 60 years. Then again, we also moved those Sens in the 20s also moved to uh, St. Louis in 1934. So you can't you can't say that those that team is is connected to these these modern Sens. You can't say that. So so for example. Uh, I forget the guy who did this. I, I forget his name, and I feel bad. But he said Alec Con- Connell, who was a goalie in in from 2025 to 2028, was a part of the all-time goalies. was was one of the two who could also be there. I'm probably going to get to that soon or later. I'm probably going to get well once I'm done with this lineup. I'm going to probably share who I think could have been in that position. But here here's what he has for the team. They have D pairings, they have offensive pairings, and they have the two goalies. So and he gave a little he gave a little um, thing here for each pairing or each goalie. So he, Al Canel. So he said the Santa Cup winning Canel's thirty four shutouts in three seasons, which I said, or all within those three seasons, twenty twenty five and twenty twenty eight, were sixteen more than any other, any other goalie during that period, and thirteen more than Patrick Aleem's thirty, which are which are most for this for the modern sense. Uh, then the other goalie would be Craig Anderson because he would be he, he says. Holding the franchise goalie records for games and wins makes Anderson an automatic choice to represent the current Senators. I agree with that choice. I think Anderson uh, d- does deserve to be an all-time goalie on the sense. So now we go- move to the defenseman. 
The first D pairing is Wade Redden with Eric Carlson. This is this is lefty and righty pairing, so there's you're not going to see uh, two lefty pair together. So Wade Redden and Carlson. He said Redden was a national team fixture on the blue line and the perfect compliment to Carlson, one of the greatest offensive uh, rear guards in NHL history. I could agree with that choice. I do have an idea of who could fill in that spot. I'll get to that after. Left D, King Clancy, and right D, Zdeno Chara. The five foot seven Clancy is the yin to the six foot nine Chara's yang. This guy says, Clancy, uh, Clancy was in the conversation for NHL MVP four seasons be- before being sold to Toronto, while Chara was in conversation for the Norse three seasons before signing with Boston as a free agent. I mean, this is kind of like just Tory Krug. <laughs> this is just Tory Krug, Krug playing with uh, uh, Chara. Now Krug is obviously. I don't think he's five foot seven. I hope he's. I hope. She's any well, I think Cole Caulfield's the only one that could be that small. So hey man, I'm saying would this D pairing probably work? I think so. With both probably up for MVP and Norris. I like this just the size difference would make it kind of a weird comparison, but whatever floats the boat. And then for the last D pairing, we would have uh left defenseman Chris Phillips and right defenseman Anton Volchenkov. I loved Anton Volchenkov when he played here. I thought he he He's all he always played with the high energy, and this guy basically called it the shutdown pair. The big rig is the franchise all time leader in games by one game, though. And Volchenko was the leader in NHL block shots from 2005 uh, and six through 2009 and 10. So, but these guys actually paired up. These guys, this is actually a, a straight pair from that time uh, when they were in the cup final. These guys were a pair. So, I, I mean. I, I do agree Chris Phelps can be there. Uh, Anton Volchenkov, I do agree that he's probably, I think he's probably one of the top defensemen too. So I do agree with that. So now let's move on to the forwards. So first line, it's the pizza line. If you don't know what the pizza line is, it's Danny Healy, Jason Spezza, and Daniel Alfredson. Uh, obviously, it says here, nicknamed the pizza line because their, strong, uh, their stro- scoring exploits resulted in free pizzas for fans, represented by a smorgasbord of scoring skill, uh, goal scoring, playmaking, and puck landing, and ingenuity. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, back, back, uh, oh, geez, I don't know how long it's been since they've really done the uh, promo, but I know for sure when they when when this line was together, they had this thing where they paired up with Pizza Pizza. And what it was was if the Sens scored six goals or more, M1, fans would go home with a free pizza. A slice. And they would do it a lot. Like, there, there was a lot of times where fans would go home with pizza, and it was just because this line just did all the scoring. Or not all the scoring, but most of it, right? You know, Heatley got 50 goals one year. Alfie had over 100 points a few years. So that's uh, was close, right? He's also a high school scorer. Okay, so the next lineup, Cy Denny at the left wing position, Frank Neighbor at the center position, and Marion Hosa at the right wing position. One of these things is not like the other, and it's Marion Hosa. Marion Hosa is still a great player. Don't get me wrong. But why would this guy? F- I, I just don't understand. This guy says, Hosa is regarded as one of the game's all-time complete players. He would have no problem fitting in with the early 20th century super scorers, Denny and Nabor. Uh, he will join them one. Will he join them one day in the Hall of Fame? Hosa in the Hall of Fame? I, I think so. I think he. I think he's probably there. Uh, I mean, he won a cup and, you know, he's he's a pretty fast darn player when he was back with the Sens. I'll tell you that much. I think I think he could go there. All right, so they said their fourth line here would be left winger Sean McGurn, uh, center with Alexi Yashin, and right wing with Mark Stone. Uh, he says here, the reborn franchise's first legitimate star was a reluctant center, but still looks good between goal scorer McGurn and the two-way standout Mark Stone. I think I, I could see that line. Maybe McGurn could be changed out, but who knows. And then the fourth line would be left winger Magnus Arverson. Uh, center Mike Fisher and right winger Chris Neal, and this and he just said the checking line. Magnus, the machine, and Fisher were both top five finishers in the Selkie voting. Neal was a phys- physical force who earned three uh, three times as many penalty minutes, which was two thousand five hundred and twenty-two, as runner-up Chris Phillips, who had seven hundred and fifty-six. Could you imagine that? And by the way, Chris Phillips never got suspended. He had two over two thousand five hundred penalty minutes and never suspended once. Plenty of fights too. Never suspended, which makes him great. And I feel like if you're if fans are talking about next retired numbers for the Sens, I think Chris Neal 
goes up there next. All-time head coach Jacques Martin cannot dispute it as he says the all-time franchise leader in regular season and playoff victories won the Jack Adams in 1999 and led the Sanders to the President's Trophy in 2003. Provincial arch rival uh, Toronto made life miserable for Martin. We all know that. Beating the Sands four times in the playoffs and that's it. We have lost four times to the Leafs. One time we were the second seed and they were the seventh and we still lost and we got swept. That was bad. All-time general manager, you cannot discuss Brian Murray. A close one too could be Pierre Gauthier. Uh, he was the one that kind of built that that early to, late nineties, early two thousand cents. But Brian Murray kind of just you know leveled out the whole the whole crew. He said the Ottawa Valley legend Murray uh, 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 complied a, a Gaudi a Gaudi uh, six six four point percentage in two seasons behind the Sens head coach advan- or as the behind the Sens bench. He's advancing and losing to Anaheim in the Cup final in two thousand seven before joining the front office the following year. He served as a GM for nine years before turning over his reins to Pierre during in two thousand sixteen, uh, which at that time was probably a dumb move, or at fans called a dumb move. But now he's kind of looking like a genius. Uh, Murray uh, sadly passed away of colon cancer in 2017. Uh, Brian Murray, honestly, he was just fantastic. He actually fired a coach in 08. He said, I'm done coaching. Or it might have been, was it 08 or, or I think it was I, whatever year it was. Or was it 08 for sure? He hired a coach. I think it was Corey Cluson, I think was his name. Hired him. They sucked literally for the first maybe 20 games, 30 games of the year, fired him. And he said, pig on a roof, I'm going back behind the bench. And he actually helped them get back to the playoffs. Like, who just, who does that? Like, I just find that hilarious. Like, he was the GM. He fired a coach. And just said, I'm not hiring a new coach. I'm going myself. Like, that's just, that's just the man he was. And I love Ryan Murray for that. I do have the all-time uh, statistics here, uh, just kind of listing out games in the Cups. and I mean, Cups has in the old Senators. I, I don't know why I kind of put this in here. This is kind of a waste of a piece of paper, but just to put in retrospect of what they had. But I want to go – I want to talk about, like, mostly two things. One, if I were to replace a defenseman with King Clancy, Mark Mathot. Uh I think you could put Wade Red and Wizard in your chart, and then obviously you'd have to pick the pairing Mark Mathot and Eric Carlson. King Clant, if you're not putting in those 20s Senators, put Mark Mathot in there. He was just fantastic. Wasn't here for all that long, but he, he still he still was a big piece. The Ottawa boy, he was. Uh, big piece, big kind of that enforcer defenseman. Everyone, he was always a fan favorite. I remember actually going to a game once, and he hip-checked. Oh, geez, was it against Arizona maybe? Arizona or Phoenix or Florida. I think it was Florida. He hip checked the guy who had the puck and they called an interference call. And people were just like, what the heck are, was that ref saying? I actually, I was like, I was even booing. I was like, that's so stupid. Like that he had the puck. Uh, goalie. If I had to put all time goalie uh, with Craig Anderson, you, you, the obvious choice would probably be Patrick Colleen. Uh, you Patrick Colleen was a great goalie. The only problem that people have with him is the fact that he choked in the playoffs most of the time, right? Uh, I, that's what. That's the only way I see it is that you know he's a fan favorite. Everyone loved Patrick Colleen. He actually lived near my uncle a bit in, in Barhaven there for a bit of a time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he was a great goalie. But as soon as the playoffs come around, his 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 skills throughout the year just just faded away. I don't know how. Uh, another all-time goalie. Now he only played two years with the Sens. You put Ray Emery, but I still think the uh, lean deserves it more. But Ray Emery was still fantastic. And even look back at the 07-06 season, uh, wasn't he a bit there for the 05-06 season? Maybe. And even uh, you could look at the uh, playoffs, the Stanley Cup Final run that we had. Um, so defenseman, um, also forward. You could even put Mike Hoffman in there. Uh, center Chris Kelly. You could put Chris Kelly in there. Uh, Kyle Turris, uh, you know, I, I, I would say most of the all-time sense could be all like a mix of the 2000s. And it, it's sad that the, the, like those 90 teams just sucked. Right. So you can't really put them in all-time sense. Right. But you know, there's, there's a few like Hoffman, Turris, uh, oh, geez, I, I lost the, I blanked out Chris Kelly, you know, uh, although two of those were centers, right. You could take out Frank neighbor for like Kyle Turris or, 
you know, that left wing, Mike Hoffman, you know, just, just stuff like that. Uh, and head coach, the only, oh, geez, who could honestly beat him? Brian Murray is the head coach, really. He could probably put all-time head coach over Jacques Martin. Uh, you could also, who, uh, oh, I forget his name. Oh, my Lord. The guy, the guy, the co, oh, geez, come on. Oh, I forget his name. It, I'm going to look him up. The guy, the head coach that the Sens had back in 2013 when, uh, you know, we played the Habs and the whole brawl happened. Speaking of which, that brawl was actually, uh, that happened, I think they said seven years ago. I can't type apparently. Uh, seven years ago, uh, 2013, actually yesterday, which is kind of funny. What's his name? I'm going to be so mad because I definitely know it. Paul McLean, that guy. I think he could be up there in all-time coaches. Uh, was it Craig? Oh, it was Craig's Hartsburg was the that coach, and then he got fired. He got fired midway through the year, and Brian Murray said, screw off. Or no, it was John Paddock. And then, okay, yeah. <laughs> said, screw it, right? Um, so that's 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 the way I see it. Those are the only probably only two that I can think of. And general manager, Brian Murray. Uh, oh, now I'm drawing blank of the other guy. Oh my God, what the the general manager we had before Murray took over when he after he left. Um, I mean Pierre Dorian, but Pierre Dorian hasn't done much, right? But that's basically what I have to find there for. Listen, the all-time centers list. Do I agree with it? Nah. I mean, probably yes. I could agree with most of these guys. Um, do. The only problem I really have was putting the the old senators in there. That's the only problem I really have with that. I don't I don't agree with that at all. Uh, but hey, it was his choice. I, I'm pretty sure the the guy that's doing them all is probably also doing the same for all these other teams. So I couldn't be I can't be that bothered. Say like the Winnipeg Jets uh, would probably have the old Jets in there too because they've been I don't I think their team's actually been pretty still in that all time Jets. Anyways, all right. So we'll be right back. When we come back, we're going to have some basketball news. We're going to talk about Steve Ballmer and uh, is Kevin Durant going to return? We'll be right back. I wasn't really paying attention to my t- my time uh, for the last last segment for the hockey segment, and I talked for almost half an hour just about that. And I think over half, like literally fifteen minutes of that was just me talking about the sense. But whatever, I don't. I hope this segment here is not that long. But we got basketball news, and first out of the first thing, one of the first uh, news articles I saw today when making this script was that Steve Ballmer, uh, the Lakers head coach, the guy that has gone crazy for Kawhi. If you saw that press conference, which I didn't, and I I, I think Steve Ballmer's hilarious. He's a he's a hilarious guy. He bought the L.A. form, the form, well, the form. So this is what the news article read. L.A. Clippers owner Steve Ballmer on Monday completed his purchase of the form of the Madison Square Garden Entertainment Corporation for $400 million. Newly created Form Entertainment LLC will continue operating the building that opened in 1967 as a concert venue. The current management team will remain in place and report to Jillian or Gillian or Jillian, probably Jillian, Jillian Zucker, president of business operations for the Clippers. All the forms California-based staff are expected to stay on as employees as a new company of the new company and help with the transition. Uh, this was quoted from Zucker. The talented team at the forum has created a world-class live entertainment venue, and we are committed to building upon that reputation, she said in the statement. Or Zucker said in the statement. The Clippers' plans for a new privately financed NBA arena in Englewood near the forum are, are progressing with public hearings slated to start this summer. The Clippers are said to having a basketball arena and the form under the same ownership will allow to be for court for coordinated uh, programming between venues, improving traffic congestion around basketball games and concerts. Last year, the form hosted nearly 100 events, including concerts, boxing, mixed martial arts. And it was a previous home for the NBA's LA Lakers and the NHL's LA Kings until both teams moved to Sable Center and downtown LA 1999. So, What's the idea here? Well, obviously, the first idea that we see here is the fact that they're keeping it still as a concert venue. They can't renovate it, is the downfall of this. And you're asking why? 
because I think in 2014, 2000, whatever, it, it was early 2010s, I think, or maybe uh, whatever, it was listed as a historical place. I, I don't know what the complete thing is called, but it technically, it's like the Astrodome. The Astrodome is known as a historical place or what? I forget what the, I forget the word. I'm forgetting everything today. Anyways, the point is it cannot be touched. The building itself can really not be touched. So that means they cannot renovate dressing rooms technically. They cannot renovate those seats. They cannot touch the outside of the building. Or no, I don't think, no, they cannot touch the outside of the building. I think that's the only thing that they can't do besides like say putting up uh, like posters or whatever. The inside I think can be done, but the outside cannot. Which kind of sucks. It's the same thing with the uh, Astrodome in Houston, like I just mentioned. They're 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 actually trying to find plans to see what they could do on the inside because they cannot touch the out the the overall core of the building, or the the shell of the building, whatever you want to say. So my question is now: Is are the Clippers going to play here? Because lots of people are mad at the Clippers for now. They're being like, they're they're good. The Lakers are good at the same time, right? So they're going to be probably, I think at some point you might say they're going to have to battle in the playoffs at some point, right? Say if conference final or maybe, well, probably the conference final. So you, so that's what you have to ask yourself. Are the Clippers going to move to the form? Maybe maybe not next year, but the year after that. Because I think they want this, the, these talks with the new building will probably, they're saying the new building might not be finished until 2024, 2023 time, right? So you will have, I don't know if they have a contract with the uh, with the Staples Center or whatnot, uh, or even the Lakers, because I think they're they're paying the Lakers or whatnot. I forget how it completely works. But if that contract goes up or they don't want them there anymore, at what point do they say, go to the let's play at the forum for a few years? I can see that actually happening. Now, this this purchase can just be, you know, Steve Ballmer just buying it from the MSG Entertainment or you know, just you know, just, just, just for a concert venue and an events venue, right? That you could just probably keep it as that. Or is this a buy so that he could own it with that the idea to have the Clippers play here for at least maybe one or two years before the new stadium is built? I could honestly see that happening. I think there were talks of that, like with the Clippers moving. I remember the original talks was for the for the Clippers to start playing at the form after Balmer buys it. Uh, I could, like, I, I don't know. The way this article reads is saying basketball is not coming there. Uh, but I could see them going for some reason. Uh, but I feel like Balmer bought this for, for like it said here, for traffic to the basketball games and concert. So I could see him buying it so they could at least kind of build around it, depending on where it is. Like, you know, having that to rejig the traffic uh, design, right? But listen, uh, I think the form's a fantastic building. <laughs> I think it looks great. Um, but do do I want to like do the Clippers play there? Do the Clippers play for maybe one or two years there before the stadium is built? I could see it happening. They're good. Like like I said, they're good. So what's it going to be like when the Clippers play the Lakers? At just the Staples Center. It's literally just going to be like, a, depending on the ticket prices, it's just going to be home and home. It's just, it's like it's like it's like half the crowd's going to be Lakers, half the crowd is going to be Clippers. Instead of saying like ninety percent of the crowd is Clippers and then ten percent is the Lakers, and vice versa for the other for the for when the Lakers go home, go to become the home team. But I don't know, and they they don't they, they don't. I've heard they shared a locker room literally right down the hall, so they're gonna, they're going to be right there, which I find hilarious. But hey, I think this is big news. Uh, tell me what y'all think about the Clippers if they if they play at the form or not. Tell me. Okay, so my next news is that there's been articles popping up about Kevin Durant and if he returns to the NBA. If the NBA returns. The, say August or September for, for playoffs. Does Kevin Durant play? I have a few quotes here from different people and from different sources. First is from Frank Isola from this is around, around the horn. He said, one will not play if the other is not. Isola here is basically saying, if Kevin Durant's not playing, Kyrie's probably not going to be playing. 
If Kyrie's not playing, Kevin's probably not going to be playing. Then Michael Wilbon from Pardon the Interruption. Uh, I also have a quote from uh, Tony, the other guy. He said, if Kevin Durant's ready to play or he's okay to play, he should be forced to wait. Because Wilbon does not see the Nets having a chance at winning this year. They still, he said, Wilbon says they still have, they still probably need one or two years until they're at a contender range. And then Tony said they could win the East if both of them aren't playing. If they cancel the rest of the regular season, or if they even do play the regular season, I think the Nets will end up being the seventh seed or close to that. Or I think they're just, they'll just be there because I think that above the Nets is just too far to, to catch, and below them is just, well, they could probably still be eighth, but they're right now on pace to finish seventh, which will be in line to play the Raptors. As a Raptors fan, I'm seeing. If I hear that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are both clear to play in the playoffs, I'd be kind of scared. Because the way Kevin Durant came out that game five in Toronto for the finals of 2019, oh boy. It, I, I said, if this guy is somehow good to go, even though I never thought he was good because he never practiced, he was never cleared to practice, which I think on the Warriors, and that's kind of dumb. I could really see... I could re- like, I could really see some damage being done, because he was he was probably on pace to get maybe forty points that night. <laughs> I'm telling you, Kyrie Irving also, if he stays healthy, if they both can stay healthy, I could see some damage done. And I do kind of agree with Tony from Pardon the Direction here, saying they could win the East. Now, do they win the East? Probably not, but I feel like they 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 can break some teams up because they also have DeAndre Jordan. Now DeAndre Jordan's not as strong as he used to be, uh, but he's still up there. Uh, you know, they have Dinwiddie, uh, who could shoot the lights out. You know, they have, they have some guys that can just do it. Right. And the Brooklyn Nets did crack the Raptors 15 game win streak. Uh, it was a kind of a bad game for both teams, but I tell you, they, they beat the Raptors and like, it could be done. They can, they can win. Uh, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie don't play, will that series be swept by the Raptors? I don't think so. To be honest, it's just the rap. It's in the Raptors nature to lose one game or two in the series. It just happens like that. Uh, but if Kevin Durant and Kyrie do play, I, I could, I, I'll be scared. Uh, now you got to look at the timetable, right? You know, if, if this happens, so they're pl- starting practice facilities on the eighth. I think they're, I think they're going towards with that. Like they're, they're, they're almost set in stone with that, that most teams will do that. Uh, you know, they got, uh, so that means I think I think they're going they're they're going to try like the NHL plan like I said with the May fifteenth or whatever they do the late May or whatnot if that goes through I could see the NBA kind of following the same kind of path like if they if they if the NBA wants to play the rest of their games if they don't who knows we don't know yet right uh, but what do you guys think does KD if if the NBA starts the playoffs say in August and September does KD play? And if he doesn't, does Kyrie play? Let me know. The the basketball discussions are wide open. Like people are saying, yes, he'll be good to go. No, he won't be. Like it all just depends, right? So I don't know. I if if I'm a Raptors fan too, like like I said, if he's playing, I'd be scared because he could he could drop forty on us in one night, and Kyrie could probably do thirty, depending on how he's feeling. That's seventy points right there. So. And then what he could probably drop 20. So that's 90, 90 points from just three players possibly. Now Kevin Durant's not, well, Kevin Durant can range from like 30 to 40, right? So maybe even 25 or not. So it all just depends, right? But I'd be, I'd be scared of those both. Honestly, they could do some damage if they're both playing. All right. So when we come back, that's all the basketball talk I have for today. Uh, John Tory, Mayor, Mayor Toronto. Uh, talk to Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment about the possible return. So we'll get we'll get back to what he uh, we'll, when we come back. We'll talk about what he said and what our what our thoughts are what what are our thoughts about what he said. So we'll be right back.
Okay, so um, after we just talked about the basketball, let's talk about a little bit more basketball, a little bit more baseball, maybe even if hockey's in this. I, but it's John Tory. It's my man, John Tory. I like John Tory. I mean, as a mayor, I feel like he's kind of a fun guy. He's kind of like Kawhi, you know, fun guy. You know, he's involved with the sports. He was there in Jurassic Park when the Raptors won. Like, I think that's cool. But I have another article to read here about what he talked about with a Toronto uh, MLSE. So it says, Toronto Mayor John Torrey said Tuesday that there have been preliminary talks with Major League Baseball's Blue Jays and the NBA's Raptors uh, about a return to action as restrictions from the COVID-19 pandemic begin to ease. Torrey said the city is working with Ontario provincial government on decision-making regarding the Raptors and that things are moving uh, forward quite nicely. So that's that's good. Uh, Tory did not provide details on the discussion, but the NBA is currently planning to allow teams to open practice, faci- practice facilities starting Friday, though the government clearance would be required. So do we probably see the Raptors opening up on the 8th? Yeah, I feel like it's 50-50, 50-50 chance. I expect there to be, so this, he, uh, Tory said, I expect there to be some news to report on, on that in a way that uh, is going to be consistent in making sure that our team and our players uh, will not be put in a competitive disadvantage, Tory said. But at the same time, uh, respecting com- uh, completely the uh, imperatives that we uh, imperatives that we have with regarding the public health and stopping the spread of COVID nineteen. Uh, as we know, the uh, pl- uh, the NBA originally planned to open facilities last Friday uh, on the fr- on the first, before pushing it back by a week. Uh, it ha- it has been said it may do that again if more time is needed. Apparently. So after we're saying the eighth, uh, it could go next week. So that that might not be good. Uh, once facilities open, workouts will be limited. The Associated Press reported last week, citing a person with knowledge of the league's plans that players would have to wear face masks inside practice facilities, except when working out. That means that any staff members present would have to wear face masks and gloves. We talked about that a few uh, a few uh, episodes ago, so we don't really have to get much into that before I go on my rant about all the leagues doing the same thing. And I talk about the same thing every time. Uh, we know that uh, minimum distance of 12 feet will be required as a buffer between players and staff working with them. So, and then most NBA teams have within 15 and 20 play, uh, games left on the original regular season. Uh, the defending champions, Raptors, who are 46 and 18, were second in the Eastern Conference. Like we just talked about uh, the previous uh, segment with uh they might play Kevin Durant, possibly, uh, and the Nets. Tori said he discussed the possibility of the Blue Jays eventually being able to play games here or elsewhere at some point. But he added talks. But he added the talks were at the pre- pre- preliminary level. The majority of the players on the Blue Jays and Raptors are currently outside of Canada, and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said that non-residents entering the country would at least, uh, at least the strict minimum will will need to follow quarantine protocols. So that probably, and Trudeau talked about that, that if any NHL team comes here uh, for the neutral site, it will have to be the 14-day minimum. So, I mean, that, that just, that's just, once again, I, I don't want to get into it, but it's facts. I, they talked about this. You travel, 14 days. That's it. Representatives from the federal government uh, and the Blue Jays cannot immediately be reached for a comment on Tuesday. A spokesperson from Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, owner of the Raptors, declined to comment on possible resumption, uh, resumption of the NBA season. A spokesperson for the Blue Jays said that the team had preliminary discussions with municipal and provincial government officials and that there are no concrete updates to share at this stage. Uh, the, Associated, uh, the Associated Press reported last month that baseball is exploring various options that could allow the season to start if medical situation allows, which in, including a plan in which the three teams might be split into three regional divisions discussed early with the East central and West division. That's it. Along with, uh, along uh, among the formats under, under the consideration is one which, which in which each team will be restricted to playing within their region. That's, that's literally what it is. Uh, Tory's comments come from, uh, come as North American sports leagues try to put out a, a path to return in action. NHL is looking to plan to centralize groups of teams in a l- low risk centers in hopes of res- resuming the 2019-2020 campaign this summer. Ontario Premier Doug Ford said that Tuesday he had talked with the league about Toronto serving as a hub city, and Alberta Premier Jason Kenney uh, said that he has been talk- 
he's been in talks about government serving as a hub. Vancouver, it's also been mentioned as a possibility. Uh, we talked about all those in previous um, episodes of I agree with that. They can be hubs. On Friday, MLS, which include clubs Toronto FC, Montreal Impact, and Vancouver Whitecaps, said it will allow players to return the outdoor team training fields for individual workouts this week. Uh, the, weed, the league-wide moratorium on small groups and full team uh, training remains in place through May 15th. Which we literally, the, these last four comments is we know. So what do I think about this? So I think Tory is talking to the Blue Jays and the Raptors for basically saying this. Do we want to be a hub city in some way? Uh, or what are you guys thinking about returning? Right? The Blue Jays are in kind of a, I think the Blue Jays are probably in a rough, rougher spot than say the Raptors because the Blue Jays, I know Vladdy, I think is like, well, not Vladdy, but just players are probably in their own countries. If not close by there, right? So it'd be tough to, I think it would be tough in one case to be, you know, to get those guys to fly in. Now, they're talking about hub cities for baseball. Now, if they don't go with the, uh, if they don't go with the Arizona or Florida or even Texas was talked in that matter, uh, uh, idea. I mean, Toronto, I mean, we don't have a lot of baseball, but Rogers Center could be used as a, as kind of a neutral site if they need be, or even just to play Rogers Center will probably be fine to play in. Um, but yeah, so they said no concrete updates to share. Uh, apparently I saw on social media, I don't know if the source that they were, they were discussing if the source was legitimate or not, but he said that the MLB is looking to start up by the end of June, which I find crazy and kind of dumb, but they, they, no one was back. Like the, the, the discussion was more if the source was reliable or not. It was kind of just this one guy who just kind of tweeted that out saying like, I know a guy, but when they say, I know a guy who basically knows a guy that, that rather than not is not true unless this full statement comes out. But yeah, so, I mean, I think, I think, Tory was discussing with the Blue Jays about what their idea is when they want to play. Tory was discussing with the Raptors about, you know, them too playing, but as well as what they're going to do with their practice facilities. And probably they're discussing, I think Tory was probably involved with the government of Ontario about do we want to open up their practice facility? I think that was mostly it. Um, he, it was mostly Ford who talked with Toronto serving as a hub, hub city. I almost put Ford, uh, Ford's talk uh, in this spot, but we already talked about, we talked about hub cities enough, man. We already know that Toronto has the downtown core. There's enough restaurants, hotels and places are close by to the rink. You know, Edmonton, same thing. Vancouver, same thing. So everything is just the same. And I've, I've already talked, I'm so tired of just saying that. But, hey, listen, that's the end of this segment. When we come back, we have the best news we've probably heard all week to right now. Well, no, besides the fact that Ottawa Center is probably one of the best chances to get first overall in a long time. I'm just kidding. But, no, a league is going to start to play. We're going to be able to watch live sports. Live sports. I have the news right here when we come back from this little break. We'll be right back. They have heard our prayers. We've been praying this whole time. And now we can sing hallelujah, praise the Lord. We'll have live sports for the first time starting in late May. Sadly, though, it's not one of the top five. It's not one of the five major sports leagues in North America. It is the Bundesliga, which is the German soccer league, basically. Yes, the Bundesliga is going to resume playing this month, ending a two-month suspension caused by the coronavirus pandemic. In the article, it states this. German Chancellor Angela, Mer Angela, Angela, Angela Merkel, that's what I hear, announced a loosening of range of, a, of containment measures 
uh, after meeting with the country's 16 state governors on Wednesday. Pressure to relax the rules has been growing as the rate of daily infections in the country has dropped. Soccer in the top two divisions will resume without spectators and, the, and with a range of other conditions designed to prevent another outbreak, including the continuous monitoring of, and testing of players. Teams will also have to spend time in quarantine be, before the games can restart, so that will probably be two weeks. And this is what league president Christian Sabert said. Today's decision is good news for the Bundesliga Liga, and, and the second division. It comes with great with great responsibilities for the clubs and their with and their employees to implement the medical and organizational requirements uh, with a disciplined manner. Games without spectators are not ideal for anyone. In a crisis, in a crisis threatening the very existence of some clubs, however, is only is the only way to keep the leagues in their current form. A decision to allow play can, uh, to resume came despite three positive tests of the virus uh, at Cologne last week. Uh, the league said there are 10 positive cases from all 36 clubs in the top two divisions. The earliest the leagues can resume is May 16th. Uh, soccer authorities are, are to hold a general meeting with clubs via video, video link on Thursday to discuss how to proceed. So huge news right away. Right away, you could say huge news. First of all, Bayern Munich, you know, I love Alfonso Davies. He's my guy. I, I, you know, but, you know, you look at that. I, I love... <laughs> Just I'm so happy. Bayern Munich is my, is my European team, and I'm so happy that I'll be able to watch them play. Uh, obviously, Davies signed that five. I think it was a five-year extension deal. I think it was. I don't remember for sure, but I think that's what it was after being transferred over there from the uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. And listen, it's going to be weird without fans. We all know we've we've seen the highlights with the the the, the Korean baseball has come back right, and it just looks completely weird with without the fans but and i think it's also the japanese league but listen it's just it's let's just say that let's just rejoice here we have been suffering sports fans have technically uh for live sports that's now let's exclude the nfl draft as live sports because technically it wasn't technically it wasn't it wasn't action it was more waiting for your team to draft the quarterback when you already have one that's a shot at packers fans i'm sorry um we have been waiting to see live sports for since march it is now may so it'll be and they say the earliest is may 16th that is that is literally almost two months two whole months of waiting for live sports yes we have been using that time for sports is watching maybe old sports, maybe NHL classics of the uh, the Bruins play the Nordiques or the uh, the Maple Leafs take on the Red Wings, or even as of right now, I think Sportsnet's playing the Ottawa Senators versus the Rangers 2017 uh, uh, series when uh, the the Pajot four goals and the Kyle Turris overtime winner and you know just stuff like that. But th this is we have now solid solid. Uh, Evident, or not evidence, but we have solid news that we're going to have live sports by the end of this month, which is fan, fan freaking tastic. Because I, myself, I've been kind of dying. Now, the only problem for us here in North America and on the Western part of civilization is that this is happening in Germany. <laughs> this is still six, seven hours away. So these games are going to be happening at 12, 11 in the morning, right? So it's a. Listen, it's not like it's not like our usual time when we watch sports, you know, seven o'clock, you know, after you're done dinner, you know, sit on the couch, you know, watch a hockey game. None. This is gonna be you're sitting you're eating your lunch. You're, you're or the if you're a teenager, you probably might be just getting up for for uh to do your schoolwork or whatnot. You're having your breakfast, you watch a little uh, Bundesliga. But hey, listen, it's this is exciting news. Uh even me, listen, I'm I'm I, I like soccer, you know, I, I don't play it. I don't enjoy it as much as a lot of like I, I I enjoy it, but I'm not saying I like I don't. It's not one of my top watches. I'd tell you out of all the sports leagues that I could watch, but I I have a feeling Bundesliga is going to get kind of ratings going up. Even I think in England they'll probably get something. Uh, but that's it's just fantastic news that we're going to have sports leagues. And like I said in the last podcast, it's going to start with one league, and then more leagues are just going to do the same. It's just going to then everything's going to come back. Everything's going to come back at some point, ladies and gentlemen. But 
this is the start right here. This is the start with soccer. <laughs> Who would have thought soccer? I barely talked about soccer on this podcast, and it's now <laughs> the first sport to come back. You think that I talked about hockey and basketball enough? That would come back first. For God's sakes. Anyways, that's besides the point. But like I said, it's going to start somewhere, and starting here is soccer. Starting in Germany, however, but that's okay. But then it's just gonna it's just gonna all flow back. Like there, there's talks going on NHL with the draft, the NBA possibly at Disney World. You know MLS is opening up their their practice facilities. Uh, baseball, baseball is probably I, I think the furthest away. Even though they actually should be playing more like right now than half the teams in in those leagues. But <laughs> I don't I don't know. But anyways, listen, be excited. Even though it might not be your favorite sport, even though it might not be your favorite soccer league, you should still watch it because you you might be suffering for another few weeks, if if not more. But hey, that's all we got. All right, that's all I had. That's all we got for today's topics. Uh, when we come back, I'll do my closing, my thank yous to everyone, and we will uh, do my what I missed because I probably I missed the problem probably missed a few things. So we'll be right back. Uh, See you in a bit. Okay, so this might be the most stuff I might have missed on this podcast out of all the episodes. I have four things here. Uh, Really, two, three news and one person that actually agree with me. First of all, I'd like to start with who agreed with me. Uh, Sean Simpson of TSN 1200. I actually had the opportunity when I went on there. I was on it with him and Ian Mendez. He said... Even he even agreed with me. King Clancy should be over, or or Mark Mathot should be in place of King Clancy on that list. I just wanted to point that out. I don't know if this is based off the. I don't know if this is based off if you have if you have the uh, old players or not. But I just want to say that man agrees with me, and I agree with him. So there you go. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, he was the running back uh, in the NCAA uh, football. Who who was up there in the Heisman? Uh, uh, he was up in the Heisman Award uh, rankings. He sadly did not win it. He lost to Joe Burrow, but he won the Cornish Trophy, which is the top Canadian. I think we already knew he was going to win that by a landslide because I don't think anyone came close. Uh, the NBA. So with the NBA and their opening up of the test uh, of the practice facilities, they have been told uh, they told all teams that whoever opens up on Friday and on on further, uh, they are not supposed. They are not going to test asymptomatic players. That means that players do not that don't show any symptoms at all entering the stadium. Uh, this probably means this probably is because they don't. It's limited supply for what they have right now, so they're only testing it on people that look like they probably they, they have symptoms of coronavirus. Last thing I want to end on here is the fact that PGA Tour is coming to a video store video game store near you or on a video game console near you it is announced. I think, uh, by, by 2k, 2k sports that they'll be having PGA 20, 2k 21, uh, coming to probably all, all video game systems that are available at the time, uh, probably next year. Uh, I know in 2019, uh, I don't PGA had a game. It was the, like the golf club starring the PGA tour or whatnot. And I know for my, I know from my childhood, you know, you had Wii Sports Golf. Uh, my dad, for his birthday one time, got EA Sports, had PGA Tour, uh, I think it was PGA Tour 10 we had uh, with Tiger Woods on the cover. But listen, this is going to be huge. <laughs> I mean, uh, EA Sports actually did a lot of golf games, and I think they just kind of stopped, I, unless they unless they didn't, and I don't know about it. But I, I guess PJ said, let's give the rights to 2K. But I know 2K can make a good game, although – Two, NBA 2K can kind of be weird sometimes, but I, they, I, I think PGA games can be done pretty well. Uh, so that'll be exciting for that type of game. All right. So that's all I got for today's uh, Wednesday, April 6th podcast here uh, for the post, uh, Sports Talk podcast. I'd like to thank all you guys for listening in here on Anchor or wherever you're listening. Say if it's Spotify, Apple Music, Breaker, or not Apple Music, sorry, Apple Podcast, my bad. I'd like to thank you guys all for listening, or if you're even on Anchor here, for God's sakes. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for watching. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at, at Adam underscore Zucala. 
uh, Z-U-C-C-A-L-A. I'd like to get back tweeting more. Right now, I'm just kind of tweeting up out these episodes, but I want to be tweeting more, uh, retweeting all, all the different news and stuff. So that'll be fun to, that'll be fun. Uh, if you guys would want to follow me on Twitter, please, if you don't mind. Uh, but anyways, I'd like to thank you guys all for listening to today's episode. Uh, I hope you guys all stay safe, stay healthy, you know, stay home. If you want to watch sports, stay home because if you stay home long enough, live sports will come. That's what happened to Germany. So just believe that. All right. I'll see you guys all Friday. I don't know what we're going to, I don't know what to expect on Friday's, uh, podcast maybe some first insight on the practice facilities or whatnot uh but we'll see we'll see what happens right i thought there would kind of be nothing for today's podcast but we end up getting some news and some news but whatever friday let's hope let's hope for something big let's just let's just hope for something big you know happy thoughts right now for big news on friday anyways i'll see you guys all then peace stay safe Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.